Welcome to episode 19 of the Lucino Brief. Your host, Steve Lucino. You'll have to bear with me because my allergies are absolutely destroying my face. Um, And gosh, heaven forbid you have allergies in Nebraska in the spring. People look at you, are are you sick? No, I have allergies. I get them this time every year. They're terrible. I can't keep my eyes open outside because my eyes are sensitive to light, so they just constantly water. Um, No, I do not have the communist disease. Like, people, it's Nebraska. It's allergies. We actually kept our kids home from school a couple days because a couple reasons. One, we don't want to subject them to wearing a mask all day while their nose is running out of their face because of allergies. And also, we don't want the BS LPS quarantine. A friend of ours went to Mexico, and keep in mind, she's fully vaccinated. Went to Mexico, uh, tested negative, came back, has to test again, tested negative again. She works for LPS, and LPS still is making her quarantine. I don't want to say the number of days because I can't remember and I don't want to misspeak, but it's a stupid amount of days to quarantine after she's already been vaccinated and already tested negative. It's just a bunch of bullshit virtue signaling at this point. I'm not going to dive into everything Joe talked about last night, but I just want to point out that as he walks in, he's doing fist bumps and elbow bumps, and you see these dipshit Democrat politicians who are fully vaccinating, wearing two masks. Wearing two masks, fully vaccinated. You fucking dipshits. You are just trying to incite fear. All you're doing, fear is control. I've said it before, you will naturally resist a show of force. Trying to take control, trying to take your freedoms away through force, you will resist. But through fear, most of the sheep out there will gladly walk right into the slaughter. And then after Joe gave his really shitty speech, and I have to be honest with you, I need to watch uh, the highlights of it. I, I can only stand it for about 10 minutes, but... After after it, you see they get in this big group together. What was the point of socially distancing and not even having a full chamber when it's over, you all come together in a big pile to rub elbows and rub nipples together, whatever the heck they were doing with their weird Democrat ways. But one thing I will point out, again, I'm not gonna dive into this a bunch today because I didn't I haven't had time to actually see the highlights and actually watch the full speech. I'm not going to watch the full speech. Um, Joe Biden took credit for, quote, new job creation. Dude, you didn't create a single job. To come into office and act like you created any sort of jobs at this point is insane. People just went back to work. Thank you, Florida. Thank you, Texas. Thank you, other conservative Republican-run states that opened up their economies and let people go back to work. These weren't new jobs. I have the greatest job boom in history. Oh, really, dipshit? No, you didn't. And Tim Scott did a great job after. I did watch his nine-minute rebuttal. The most inclusive economy in history was actually the Trump economy over three years. And he pointed out, and I've pointed out, that the bottom 25% income actually grew faster than the top. So Joe Biden talks about how, oh, income inequality. Actually, income inequality grew under Barack Obama and Joe Biden policy over eight years. Income inequality grew. Middle-class wages were stagnant. They grew significantly under Trump. That's not my opinion. This is fact. You can look it up. Middle-class income grew significantly under Trump after being stagnant under Obama and Biden. Hispanic, black, female, 
all metrics of employment that we've been measuring for decades were the best among all demographics under the Trump economy. Because when you open up the economy, you unleash it to do its job. And the free market, while we speak, you know, I, I kind of had to get on a buddy of mine at the gym today. He's like, you know, maybe minimum wage does need to be 11 hours. Like, nope, stop there. No, no, the government cannot dictate what an employee is worth to a company. The market has to do that. And I've gone over this before. If you go back to the minimum wage podcast, every time there's been a federal hike in minimum wage, you decrease the amount of young workers in the labor force. You price them out of the labor force. You know, one of my, I have a great employee now. I hired him when he was 17. If minimum wage was $15 an hour, I would not have hired him. Because I'm sorry, a 17-year-old with no prior work experience is not worth $15 an hour to do fill-in stuff, help stock shelves, help clean the store, uh, you know, et cetera. Just very simple things. It gives him work experiences. It teaches him uh, discipline. It teaches him to, um, uh, you know, be to work on time, et cetera. He's getting valuable job skills. I know that he's not going to be with me forever, and that's okay. He's going to school for construction management, and he's going to be a successful young man. But he wouldn't have had that job if it was $15 an hour. And then the other point I made, he's like, well, I was talking again, this to be talking to my buddy. He's like, well, you know, we're, we're offering guys $17 an hour to start. He's in the construction field. I said, yeah, minimum wage goes at $15 an hour. You can kiss those people goodbye. Because if somebody can sit and say hi at Walmart or take an order at Panera for $15 an hour, now your people that actually have to do labor aren't going to settle for $17 an hour. I've talked about this with a friend of mine that owns a concrete company. It's the same thing. They won't get good workers, and then they're going to have to increase their wages. And guess what happens? That increase cost of uh, uh, to build something goes up, cost to pour your driveway goes up. That just causes a co cost increase across the board. Now, keep in mind, all of this while the government is just printing more money, and Joe Biden is, is, is proposing three different packages at $2 trillion a piece for record, record spending. What happens? Inflation happens. So your dollar is worth less and your prices continue to rise. This is not the formula for a good, strong economy. It's just not going to work out. And watching Joe up there take credit for shit he didn't do is absolutely insane. Oh, and then, yeah, uh, after the fact, you know, Tim Scott's given his rebuttal and uh, hashtag Uncle Tim, you know, similar to Uncle Tom, a racial slur for conservative blacks was trending on Twitter. Why is Twitter allowing that to trend? I got banned from Facebook for 30 days for saying China virus. They called it hate speech for saying the virus came from China and hashtagging China virus. I got banned from Facebook for 30 days. But one other thing I want to cover, and I did not hear this, Graham Allen posted it on a reel on Instagram, and I'm just going to play it with you because it's insane. Constitutional. We the people. It was time to remember that we the people are the government. Constitution opens with the words as trade as it sounds. We the people. It was time to remember that we the people are the government. Yes, you heard that correctly. The Constitution does start with we the people because it because it's the government by the people, for the people, you know, the thing. No, we the people does not mean the government. No, the Constitution is not meant to restrict the rights of citizens. It's to check 
the government's power and to stop tyrannical assholes like Joe Biden. The fact that he said, we the people means the government is insane. Left, right, center, nobody actually thinks that we are getting a majority of representation in this country. It's absolutely asinine to suggest otherwise. We the people means the government. That should scare the shit out of you. But not to these leftist Democrats. It doesn't scare them because they think the government can run their lives better than they can. It really is pathetic. Moving on, um, Unbiased America puts out a lot of good things. If you don't follow them on Facebook, you absolutely should. Um, They always source their stuff. They're very good about sourcing, um, and they put out really good thought-out posts. So I'm just going to read this post for you. This is something that we knew because Trump said, I'm here to fight for the middle class, and Trump won in 2016 because he took a lot of blue-dog Democrats, middle-class, hardworking Democrats, And we saw these never Trump pussy Republicans go otherwise. So I'm going to read you unbiased America's post. It's official. IRS data confirms that Democrats are now the party of the rich. This is written by Kevin Ryan. In 1993, Democrats represented a huge majority of the poor and middle-class congressional districts, while Republicans controlled the huge majority of top-earning districts. Today, that dynamic has flipped. Republicans now control a large majority of the middle-class districts, while Democrats represent an overwhelming share of the rich districts. The trend is even more visible when looking at the top 20% of richest districts. In 1993, they were controlled 62% by Republicans, 38% by Democrats. In, in 2020, 17% Republican and a whopping 83% Democrat. Indeed, Democrats now represent 65% of all households making 500000 or more, according to IRS data, while 74% of taxpayers in Republican districts have household incomes of less than 100000 aka middle-class people. This explains why Democrats are pushing so hard to end Donald Trump's cap on the state and local deduction, known as the SALT tax. Trump's 2017 bill capped the federal tax deduction for state and local taxes, again, SALT, a popular write-off with taxpayers in high tax high property valued states. These are basically Democrat states. Democrats are now campaigning to restoring that deduction. I'm not voting for any change in the tax code whatsoever unless there's a restoration of the SALT tax deduction, Representative Tom Swozy of New York said. Well, of course. Of course the Democrats want to get rid of that. Now, they're, they're for the working class, though. But getting rid of putting the SALT deduction back in would only help the top 1%. Most of us don't deduct beyond, because that includes your property taxes and state and local taxes, beyond $10,000. And if it is, it's a very small amount. It's the, the richest among us that benefit from that deduction. And they pay less in federal taxes. Well, you don't get a federal tax break because you live in a middle class house or a lower class, lower income class house. Continuing on. Nearly two dozen other Democrats, including 17 New York and New Jersey representatives, I'm not going to list their names. The deduction overwhelmingly helps the richest 1%. Democrats are hoping the move will allow their rich voters to accept proposed increases in the top individual tax rate and the top capital gains tax rate, the corporate tax rate, among other things. Dems are also pushing, pushing cultural issues to the forefront of the national discussion, drawing attention away from their efforts to soak their newfound rich constituency. However, this puts... This push risks creating the impression that the party of the wealthy is inciting unrest over Twitter from the safety of their gated communities while the poor and middle class actually have to suffer the consequences of resulting riots in their districts. This dangerous political balancing act for Democrats who hold a slim 218 to 212 advantage in the House and a tie in the Senate. So this is what we have. Exactly what I've said, exactly what President Trump said, is that 
the Republican Party is the party for the middle class. Republican policies help the middle class the most. And while they're pushing, these rich people are pushing to defund the police, that's because they live in gated communities with private security. That's because people like LeBron James who want to hold police accountable. We all want to hold bad police accountable, but you're a douchebag, LeBron. He walks around with armed protection from cops. These people are complete hypocrites. And it's like... It's like the left, the constituency, the left wants to be lied to. It's absolutely insane. Um, I was actually listening to uh, Glenn Greenwald, and he and he said it perfect. Their audience wants to be lied to. I mean, go back to uh, this was a huge push in the media that we had intelligence that Russia was paying Taliban operatives to kill American soldiers. That fell apart. We found out recently that that's not true. That was pushed by the media and they knew it was false. It's just another fake news issue, which, oh my gosh, I posted this. Satire is now reality in 2021. Uh, that little douchebag, President Biden's son, Hunter, is going to teach a guest teach a class on fake news. Are you kidding me? Ugh, more fake news. Brian Sicknick, the... Capitol Police officer that was killed, it turns out he was suffered two strokes and his cause of death had nothing to do with the fire extinguisher, nothing to do with chemical irritants. It was a natural, it's a natural death. He had two strokes, unfortunately. I mean, God rest his soul, that's terribly sad. But okay, so Trump protesters killed no one on January 6th. They violently assaulted no police on January 6th. This has all been a lie. It was pushed for months that he was bludgeoned. You can go and you can listen to CNN, MSNBC, CBS, whatever. He was bludgeoned. He was attacked. He was murdered by Trump supporters. Trump needs to be held accountable for this murder. Absolutely insane. We, I said it before, we're at a time where there's no coming together with these people when they want to be lied to. They are just flat out liars. They soak it all in. Like listening Joe to talk last night, taking credit for people going back to work is absolutely insane. And then to top it off, the Washington Post is going to end its presidential fact checker under Bright Biden. That's that's weird. You fact check Trump on every single thing he said, and you and you definitely twisted everything he said absolutely twisted the hell out of it. And now you're going to get rid of the presidential fact checker because you would just want to let Biden lie. Again, this cements the fact that Green Greenwald said they want to be lied to. And the press is the propaganda wing. James uh, O'Keefe with Project Veritas exposed CNN. If you guys haven't seen that, you need to see that. CNN, in their own words, said they were propagandists to get Biden elected and to get Trump out. They identified it as a propagandist network. But their constituents don't care. They're not going to see James O'Keefe and Project Veritas's reports because they don't want to see it. And if they do see it, they'll call it the conspiracy theory. I mean, we're at a time where up is down, left is right, and these people are looking in the mirror and they don't see that they are the problem. We're at a point where these people don't even seek the truth. They're sheep. They're truly sheep. And I'm not saying there, are, there aren't sheep on the right because there certainly are. But the left, if you're still a leftist, you are either a psycho, insane, crazy person, or you're a dumbass sheep that's walking right into the slaughter. Then we have another installment of leftist racism. 
Uh, this is happening in Virginia, and don't worry, it's coming to school districts near you. It always starts in these Democrat strongholds, and it spreads to places like Nebraska, where there's a bunch of fake Republicans, rhino pieces of trash that aren't real conservatives, that just pander to their Democrat friends. In Virginia, they're going to drop advanced placement math. Why are they going to do that? Because math is racist. It's not fair for the minority kids that, for some reason, aren't as good as math, at math, except for the Asians, of course. We know that the when it comes to math scores, Asians and uh, Indian students actually rule the roost. It's not, it's not the little white boys and girls that are uh, the the math maticians. Uh, there are plenty of people. White, you, you guys get what I'm saying. It's just more pandering that the left is doing. But instead of trying to bring these kids up to a higher standard, they're going to hurt the more the more intelligent kids. How do you how does that help society by dumbing down our smart people to meet a lower standard of intelligence? I mean, I'm talking to people on the right here, so I'm not I'm not that's that's a rhetorical question. I know that I'm not reaching very many leftists, if any, for that matter, but I don't care. I want to give you guys I want to give you guys the facts. I want to give you guys ammo because, again, when you argue with a leftist, you're not going to change their mind. They're psychos. Uh, and we know this, and I'll talk about that in a moment, but um, you're going to change the mind of the person in the middle. And I think this is largely what we have. We see it all the time. I can tell you anecdotally, a lot of people talk to me about politics, and a lot of people have said, gosh, I wasn't very political all this, but all I can tell you is I do not like Democrats. Or, gosh, I didn't really consider myself conservative until 2020. I mean, I hear it all the time. They're pushing people hard right. And just understand that Oscars is a perfect example of this. In just a few years, they went from 30-some million viewers to under 10 million viewers. More people watched PragerU videos last week than watched the Oscars. And PragerU is being censored all over TikTok and uh, YouTube and all sorts of places. Shit, Dan Bongino's uh, podcast yesterday got pulled off of YouTube because he interviewed President Trump in there. So you're not allowed to even have President Trump on your show if you're going to do put your podcast or your your video stream on YouTube. It's absolutely insane. Again, I'm talking to reasonable people, so I know that this all makes sense to you. But again, I just, I want to give you ammo. I want to give you you know what's going on so that you can fight back and push back on these people. And you have to understand that just because the left is loud and obnoxious, you're not alone. There's more people like you listening to my podcast than you think. There's more people like you listening to Dan Bongino, watching Prager U videos, listening to Ben Shapiro and the Daily Wire. There's more of you than there are of these radical psychopaths. Okay, moving on. There's one thing I want to make a point to do, and that's not to just talk about all the blunders of the current administration, to talk about how extreme and ridiculous and radical the left has become. But I also want to give you guys... Um, some wisdom and, it, and it's not my wisdom. It's, it's wisdom. That I want to pass on through reading. Uh, one of, one of the people that I, I follow the most, um, is Thomas soul. Uh, Thomas soul is an incredible economist. Uh, and he's written many good books. Basic economics is, is one of the best books you could ever read. Just gives you a basic view of economics and it's Thomas soul. So it's not really quite so basic, but a book that I, that I started reading, I've had for a long time. I've never got around to reading is vision of the anointed. And I just wanted to read the preface of that because I think it's very good. And I think we have to keep this stuff in mind as we go, because it's not enough just to 
just to point out what the other side is doing. We have to talk about what we need to do um, and we have to enlighten our side. Um, you know, polls have shown lately, especially with coronavirus and stuff like that, that actually it's the left that's incredibly uneducated. Um, upwards of, I believe it was around 70% of Democrats, liberal Democrats, thought that you were pretty likely to be hospitalized from the coronavirus. Really only about one to 5% of people are hospitalized. Conservatives were, were more educated on that point. Um, I mean, they're just, the left is just completely losing their mind. I think another uh, Pew Research poll came out and over 50% of millennial liberal women have been diagnosed by a professional with at least one mental disorder. So they're losing their minds. We have to sharpen our minds. So I'm just going to read this. It's going to be a little long. It's a couple of pages long. Uh, so bear with me because Thomas Sowell is always insightful. The views of political commentators or writers on social issues often range across a wide spectrum, but their positions on these issues are seldom random. If they are liberal, conservative, or radical on foreign policy, they are likely to be the same on crime, abortion, or education. There is usually a coherence to their beliefs based on a particular set of underlying assumptions about the world, a certain vision of reality. Visions differ, of course, from person to person, from society to society, and from one era to another. Visions also compete with one another, whether for the allegiance of an individual or of a whole society. But in some areas, I'm sorry, but in some eras, one vision so predominates over all others that it can be considered the prevailing vision of that time and place. This is the current situation among the intelligentsia of the United States and much of the Western world. However, much of their vision may differ from the visions of, the mo of most other people. Individual variations in applying this underlying vision do not change the fundamental fact that there is a particular framework of assumptions within which most contemporary social and political discourse takes place in the media, in academia, and in politics. The rise of mass media, mass politics, and massive government means that the beliefs which drive a relatively small group of articulate people have a great leverage in determining the course taken by a whole society. The analysis that follows is not only an examination of the vision of this elite intelligentsia and their numerous followers in the political arena and in the courtrooms, but also an empirical comparison between the compromised benefits of policies based on that vision and the grim and often bitter consequences of those political and judicial decisions. In short, the purpose is not simply to see what kind of world exists inside the minds of self-anointed elite, but also to see how that world affects the world of reality in terms of in terms as concrete as crime, family, dis family disintegration, and other crucial social phenomena of our times. The immediacy of the issues involved only makes it more imperative to, the, to understand the past of which they came and the future toward which they lead. Many of the intellectual and political patterns analyzed here became dominant during the 1960s, and many of the assumptions underlying today's continuations of those trends were either expressed or implied during that decade. However, the historical roots of the currently prevailing vision go back much further. In some cases for centuries, both past and present must be explored in order to understand the vision of the anointed and its dangerous legacy for the future. Thomas Sewell of the Hoover Institution. So there's obviously a lot in there, um, a lot to take in. But, you know, what he's getting at is through social media and academia, college, the uber left is controlling the message they're controlling the media 
and the media has become the propaganda wing of the Democrat Party. So we have to identify this so we can find it. You have to know the enemy. You have to know the enemy's strategy um, to combat it. And this is why I have Saul Alinsky's book, Rules for Radicals, because that is that is their holy Bible. Saul Alinsky was a political activist. Um and he was a socialist. He was a damn commie. And he wrote the book Rules for Radicals. And, and, and it was basically their blueprint to, to do what we are seeing today being done. These are Saul Linsky tactics they are using. So I encourage everybody, don't just listen to podcasts. Pick up a book, whether that's picking up the Saul Linsky book and reading the tactics of the enemy um, or picking up a Thomas Sowell book like Vision of the Anointed. Uh, it, they, these books really are important in the fight because we have to remain we have to remain the side that is more educated we have to remain the side that is more informed you know just an example and somebody was talking to my wife and well biden said that his tax policy is going to affect people making more than four hundred thousand dollars so yeah those people should pay more oh really and again my question is to those people is how much did my wife didn't want to argue with this person so she just left it at well, I know the taxes will affect my husband's business because they do. They don't realize when they talk about increasing corporate taxes, Amazon's still not going to pay any corporate taxes. It's the small business owners that file those corporations that are going to pay taxes. Those taxes affect the little, the smaller business owners. They don't affect the big dogs because the big dogs have armies of accountants and lawyers that they pay millions of dollars to save them hundreds of millions of dollars. And again, that's why you see companies like Amazon pay zero dollars in taxes. Now, obviously they pay other taxes, but Raising corporate taxes is going to push jobs overseas. It's going to hurt the small business owners. And this is why guys like Jeff Bezos push for a rise in corporate taxes and the Warren Buffetts. They're fakes. Warren Buffett, can you, he can be quoted saying, my secretary pays higher taxes than me. No, that's because she pays income tax, idiot. And he only takes dividends, so he pays capital gains, which is another point. They want to raise capital gains to 43%. What do you think it's going to do to people's 401ks when they retire? They're going to be charged capital gains tax on that. So these taxes do affect way more people. And it's just funny because these uneducated morons, well, Biden said, oh, really? Biden said? Biden said that his tax plan, just, just look into tax policy, just look into a little bit of economics and tax policy, and you'll find out that it absolutely does affect. And you know, one thing that Reagan did wrong in the 80s was he actually raised capital gains tax. And guess what happened to capital gains tax revenue? It went down. He corrected his course of action. He lowered capital gains back down. But people talk about Reagan. Reagan wasn't perfect. Reagan did lower income tax and income uh, income tax uh, nearly doubled during his during his eight from his first year to his eighth year as president. He lowered taxes drastically, and the government tax revenue for income tax almost doubled. But there was one year where he raised capital gains, and capital gains tax. Uh, tax revenue went down. He corrected course and put it back down. So we have historical data all the way from Coolidge, JFK, Reagan, Bush, and um, now T-Dog, Trump, that we have a strong correlation with decreasing taxes, actually increasing revenues to the government. I would encourage all of you to uh, duck, duck, go search the Laffer curve. And the Laffer curve illustrates you know, the amount of taxes essentially people are willing to pay before they're like, F this. So Liberals need to learn a lot more about the Laffer curve. They need to learn about historical tax policy and its effects on government revenues. Um, and <laughs> let's be real, they're not going to do that because they believe they won't believe a single word that Trump says. Trump could say, 
We're going to have the vaccine in October. He's a liar. The media said so. But what Biden said, Biden said it, it must be true because, you know, they're, they've got rid of the, the presidential fact checker. So we're not fact checking the president anymore because the liberals, as I said before, just want to be lied to. So it is your responsibility. Educate yourselves. Know what's going on. Know, know what they're doing and know what we can do to combat it. And you have to do that by staying read up. Podcasts are great. Listening to this stuff is great. But make it your mission, even if it's something to read one book this year. Read one book by Thomas Sowell or one book by the great one, Mark Levin. Mark Levin's books are insane. I would strongly encourage you to read any of his books. They're phenomenal. Okay, so read books. That is the moral of the story. What else do we have going on? Uh, Rudy Giuliani's apartment got raided. It's funny because they took a bunch of electronic devices. He offered up the copies of Hunter's hard drive. And guess what the FBI did not want to take? the copies of Hunter's hard drive. Now it's weird because they had to serve him up a warrant to raid his apartment, but they just took his word on the fact that those were Hunter's hard drives. Isn't that kind of weird? I mean, think about that. You get a warrant because somebody isn't voluntarily sharing something with you. So inherently law enforcement doesn't trust that person, right? So they get a judge to award them a warrant. But then they go in and the guy says, here, I have these hard drives. They're hunters. You can, you, can, you can take these too if you're taking all my electronics. No, we're good. We don't want those. Another political hit job. Is it weird that we know Hunter Biden committed a, fire, a, a firearm felony, lied on, on, uh, on, fire, on paperwork to buy a firearm? We know that he's out there walking around. He's the president's son. President's talking about gun control, limiting magazine capacity, banning assault weapons. Um, but his son committed a, a firearms crime and he's walking around free. Is it weird that that uh, Hillary Clinton is walking around free when she knowingly sent and received uh, confidential government information on an on an unsecured server on her own private server? That's weird. James Comey, Schrock, McCabe, Lisa Page, these dirty bureaucrats and FBI agents and lawyers that we know committed crimes are walking free, but they're going after Rudy Giuliani. We are at an incredible tipping point right now. We are at a very dangerous point. The FBI has gone rogue. And people like Dan Bongino have defended the rank and file agents and said, you know, they're good people. It's the upper, it's the upper, it's the upper brass. But at this point, when when are these people just going to stand up and say, this is enough? When is there going to be some whistleblowers that come out? When are the boots on the ground going to say, no, we're not doing that? We're not, we we know this is bullshit. We know that this is a political hit job on Rudy Giuliani. They're not going to find anything on Rudy Giuliani. They're trying to get him on um, oh, something with talking with Ukraine. What about John Kerry? We know. We have tapes. John Kerry told Iran, our enemy, <clears throat> told Iran about secret operations the Iraqis had going against them. Or not the Iraqis. I'm sorry. The Israelis. Oh, why, why is John Kerry not arrested? He gave valuable data that Iran has said they did not know before John Kerry told them. We have them on tape. We, we know this for a fact. Why is John Kerry not arrested? No, he's still serving in this administration. 
we are at a dangerous point right now. I honestly do not know how much more this country can take before there is a tipping point. I've said it before. Other people have said it. We have lived way too comfortable of lives as Americans. But those comforting times are are rapidly coming to an end. And I actually hope that people continue to get more uncomfortable because until people are really uncomfortable, we're not going to see change. The left is going to keep on getting there. I actually said this when, when Biden won. I hope they get everything they want. I hope they get their wish list. And I'm sorry, it'll make me very uncomfortable. I don't know what will happen to my business if they, they get the wish list that they want. I don't know what will happen to my ability to provide for my family. But I know that we have to get uncomfortable for real change to happen. And if I have to live very uncomfortably for a period of time to secure my children's future, I absolutely will do so. But we are at a crazy time. You guys need to pay attention. Now is not the time to check out of politics. I said this a couple podcasts ago. You have to you have to stay in the fight. You have to keep your head in the fight. Keep arming yourself with knowledge. Like I said, read a book. Pay attention to what's going on. Look past the headlines. Look past the stuff they want to distract you with. I mean, look at this cop in Minnesota. He shoots a black girl and kills her to save the life of another black girl, and he's still demonized by the LeBron James, the useful idiots of the world. And my wife asked me, you know, how do I get through to this person, this family member of hers? And I said, you can't. He's a useful idiot. Well, you can't just say that to him because then they're just going to shut down. I said, yeah, they're going to shut down regardless. The people that are being used as useful idiots are so blinded that I don't think if they don't see it yet, if they don't see what the left is doing, if they don't see this, they don't see what the media is doing. I mean, look how, look how they've portrayed Bill Gates. Bill Gates is a hero. Things you need to know about the coronavirus vaccine, things you need to know about. So Bill Gates has been treated as if he's the, the brightest medical mind in America. Joe Rogan makes a comment, uh, you know, basically discouraging young, healthy people from getting the vaccine. He said, I would, I would tell them they don't need it. And go and take a peek on how Joe Rogan, uh, how Joe Rogan was treated by the same media that's been praising Bill Gates, a not doctor. I mean, everybody from MSNBC, CBS, NBC, all of them are portraying Joe Rogan like he's trying to murder people. Joe Rogan, who's not a doctor, gives terrible vaccine advice. Bill Gates on how quickly we could see a coronavirus vaccine. Oh, really? Bill Gates is Bill Gates is suddenly uh, a coronavirus disease expert, and uh, Joe Rogan. Well, don't listen to him; he's not a doctor. Well. Neither is Bill Gates, and that's from MSNBC. Same headlines. Keep your head on the swivel, stay strong, stay in the fight. I'm going to wrap this episode up. As always, God bless you and God bless America. Have a great weekend.